This podcast is brought to you by Teen Advisors, Inc., empowering and equipping teens to live real and really live. Teen Advisors is a nonprofit ministry and operates because of donations from listeners just like you. If you would like to become a monthly ministry partner and support the work of Teen Advisors, you can visit teenadvisors.org. You can also find the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Hey family, this is Catherine and Hannah, and you're listening to another episode of Live Real by Teen Advisors. Okay, so Hannah, obviously something is wrong. You mean like an elephant in the room? Yeah, there's a big one sitting in the middle of the podcast table. Oh, that's a, what an imagery. I know, right? <laughs> obviously, Eli and Safira aren't here, and so like we have the second string uh, filling in for them. Yeah, we're like the the backup. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. We're the understudies. Yeah, we're their Eli understudies. Are you Eli or am I Eli? Well, I'm Safira because I said "Hey, family." Oh yeah, yeah, I guess I'm Eli. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, hey, go dogs! I think they're. <laughs> that little Easter egg was for you, Eli. It was definitely <laughs> for you because we know you would have wanted to talk about it anyway. Um, they are fine but COVID numbers are insane and you know one of them is sick and one of them is quarantined and so here we are we are here we are here so it is Martin Luther King Jr. Day and uh, we have an amazing conversation led by our very own JJ Harrison and who else who joins Miss Rhonda and Mr. Patrick and my friend Cedric. Yes. They, well, we were in here. We were in the podcast studio for their interview and their conversation. And it was funny, but real. Yeah, and it was really good. so, so good to hear. Um, from, They're incredible. I just loved, I, I just wanted yeah. to be here to learn. Me too. Um, so, yeah, I hope that you enjoy this conversation and we're not going to waste any more time. Let's get into it. Okay. All right, what's up? How y'all doing today? Wonderful. Awesome. I have three amazing people in front of me, so I want them to just introduce themselves. How about you start for us, Rhonda? My name is Rhonda Grant. I attend Christ Community Church here in Columbus, Georgia. My name is Patrick Grant, and I too attend Christ Community Church here at Columbus, Georgia. My name is Cedric Hill. I attend and work at Christ Community Church. <laughs> we have the Christ Community crew up in here. Yes, yes. yes. I love it. I'm, I'm, excuse my laughter. I just These people in front of me bring me so much joy. So I will probably laugh a lot to, during this podcast just because I'm so overjoyed by the company. Well, we have... A very interesting episode. We want to um, today is MLK Day, so happy MLK Day for happy everybody who's at the King at the Jr. house Day because you got you. work off today. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. I just kind of want to sit in that kind of area of what is MLK Day? Why do we have MLK Day? And so I want to ask you a question: What is your favorite part of MLK's life in general? I'll go first. Okay. For me, I think it was him as a dad, mm. just looking at him, how he was with his kids when they did show stuff and to hear about the things that they are 
currently doing or have done, I think was good for me. Mm. I liked him as a dad a lot. That's cool. Well, I liked him as a leader. I thought he represented very well. And I think that right now he's still leading. Mm. So it's just leadership. Yeah. Uh, for me, on, on a couple of levels, so, uh, you know, Dr. Dr. King was a graduate of Morehouse College, and I myself am a graduate of Morehouse College, and so um, I, I feel um, a certain attachment to his legacy because of that um, and what that what the school means. And, and then also, I think as a, you know, I'm very early on in a career in ministry and looking at the way that he balanced... Um, a love for God and a love for people and merging those two things together um, and using his interpretations of the gospel to um, apply that to the things that were going on in the world and um, the evils of, of racism and the things that he was dealing with in his time um, is inspiring to me in a lot of ways and um, makes me think about what, what kind of ways that I could do those types of things as well. Yeah. That's awesome. I think for me, it'd be just his, his drive and pursuit of unity. I think um, that's a that's a a very I think general biblical requirement of the body of Christ, and I think he did a great job of showing us what that could look like. Yeah, even at a time where it was hard to do so. Yes, and he showed us how being a believer isn't easy, and we're going to be faced with oppression. But watching him overcome it every single day. Mm-hmm was so encouraging to me. And so it helps because obviously we're not going through the same thing he did because of this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we get to watch a fellow believer in the faith and a fellow uh, brother in the faith go through what it looks like to be a believer in oppression. And so I loved his determination and drive for um, the vision God gave him and the vision that we're all striving after still today. Yeah. So, yeah, And he, and I think he, he lived that out. I mean, even into his death, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, the day before he died, he gives a speech where he's he's comparing what's going on with sanitation workers to um, the the Good Samaritan. You know, mm-hmm. like he he lived it out literally until the day he died. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, and I think that's I think to your point, I think that's really inspiring in a lot of ways. Yeah, and also it's also really cool as an African American brother to see another African American brother. Um, in leadership and in a place of influence, right. it's not always easy to find those today that are influencing others in the body of Christ at that. Cause we have some brothers who are doing mm-hmm. stuff, but it's not always, you know, the stuff that we need to be seeing as young, you know, believers. Yes. So, awesome. Well, um, I am a man of deep. I love deep, deep comes out to deep. It's my thing. Um, I'm a four on the Enneagram. So emotions are all up in me. And so I want to go a little bit deeper together in this conversation, um, especially just because of the day that we're celebrating today, but also just the recent events we've had, we've had happen over the past, um, you know, year, almost, um, yeah, almost a year. Um, and I think it's important that we kind of remember last year, not just because of COVID, but because of everything that happened. I think there were so, so many things that happened one thing after another that there are a couple of things that happened in terms of social justice that were kind of swept under the rug after a while because, oh, COVID came, everybody got sick, and, uh, you know, people were dying, and it was a whole thing, and it's continuing now. You know, we're seeing that come back now. However, there was still so much that happened, um, and that showed us that we're still 
living in a time where racism is still a thing and it's still prevalent and it's still some people's agenda, to be honest. It's not necessarily just there, but I think some people are still believing that that is, you know, their truth. Little T, right? Mm. And so I want to ask a question because there's a phrase that I've heard a lot over the past year because of recent events that have happened. And I want to get your thoughts. Um, so if you don't know, everyone on the podcast today is a person of color. And so I want to celebrate that first. Thank y'all for being here. Um, because one, you don't see that all the time, but I'm so glad that we're here together. Um, I want to ask you a question. Should we see color? Uh, there's, there's a phrase that says, I don't see color. I don't see color. I, I see you for who you are. I don't see color. And so I want to ask you people of color, like, what does that mean to you? And how does that affect you to this day? Well, to me, I see color and I see that person for what they are when they speak with me, when I interact with them. You can't help but see color when you're talking to someone. Does that often refer to like being stereotyped in a certain category all the time? No, give the person a chance and see what they have to say, where their heart is, how they feel about a particular subject, if that's what you're discussing. But, yeah, I see color, uh, but I see I give that person to, the opportunity to show me them Yeah, that's before good. I judge them. I'm not to judge, so just do you because I'm going to be me you know <laughs> yes, you are, that's right. what the kids say <laughs> you know just do you and be yourself and you know what that may look like to somebody else no we all are not gonna agree on everything but iron sharpens iron so let's see what we can do for each other yeah well I'll I'll go next and say <laughs> yes I do see color I see color everywhere. I see colors in birds and animals. I see colors in, in cars and clothing, people. But we all wear them. We all see them. So what makes us different? You know, I think that things like that are taught to be in difference with people that are, don't look like you. You know, that some may think they are superior or they've been taught that they are superior. Because we weren't born like that. We never was. It, it wasn't intended for us to to go around and think well, we were better than anybody else because of our skin color. Mm -hmm. You know, to me, that's crazy. You know, but it's on both sides. It's on both sides. Yeah. You know, you know, we, we, we don't just look at people and know that they are people. We're supposed to be one race, the human race. Okay, we different colors. You got a bird. He different colors. You know, you, yeah. you, you got all these things that are different colors. So why we can't be in, in the same type of harmony like the animals? Because we're different colors. Mm. You know, I know some of them are predators and they have to eat. But we're supposed to have better instincts than that to want to eat one another. Mm. So... For me, it's just that color is to be seen. God made color. Yeah. It's to be seen. It's beautiful. 
if you've said that before, like you're not being judged. Um, because I think part of what the goal of this podcast today is, and I think part of what life is about is learning. And we are ignorant about things sometimes, but we have resources to help us learn. And so mm -hmm. hopefully um, people that are listening to this, you don't feel judged or you don't feel condemned by anything that you might have said that we might disagree with, but we just want, from what we know and from our experience, you to be educated on at least how we feel. And we can't speak for the whole race, right? And right. so I want to preface that as well. However, I think seeing color is so important. I think about how Psalm says that God knitted us in our mother's mm -hmm. womb mm -hmm. and, and he created our inmost being. And so if God created me to look like this, yet he created you to look like that, whatever that, that and this is, right. there's a purpose in that. And there's a reason for that. And everything he does is, is so like meticulous. Like there's such a reason for everything. And so mm -hmm. I think it's important to see color just because I think God created such a picture on earth with us and, to discount God's creation, I feel like it's to discount the seeing of color, mm -hmm. um, pers personally. And um, I, th I talk like the word talks about unity all the time. I, and I've I've heard. I'm not like a theologian, so don't take this like for you know 100 fact. However, yeah. I've heard that the church in Antioch was actually a very diverse church. Mm -hmm. That there were so many different people, so many different backgrounds that were together, that gathered together as believers, and they were unified because of Jesus. And so. As a people, color shouldn't even really be a thing that we talk about and, and or have to talk about because what unifies us is important, and that's Jesus. I think, yeah, I think we should see color, um, not just for the sake of not just for the sake of seeing color, but I think, like you like you were just saying, I think everybody, each one of us as individuals is different, and each culture is different as well. And I think when we bring our cultures together, we kind of create this bigger beautiful picture that we can't buy ourselves as one race yeah. um and i think i think it's a it's really a signal of like god's own creation that you do have black people that have a very rich history you do have asian people that have a very rich history you do have latin american people that have a very rich history and by saying we don't see color we also drown out all of that history and all of that background that makes a lot of the people that we see today what they are and I think we've, I think we thought at one point in time by saying we didn't see color that we were saying something really good, but we were really just drowning out all of the, all of the voices of non-dominant cultures. And um, I don't think it's ever the objective for us to all be the same thing. Um, and it's, I mean, I think it's difficult because I think with, with different approaches becomes like you think things should go a certain way. I think things should go a certain way. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's harder work to, to be unified in differences, but I think it's worth it in the long run. This story of uh, speaking about do you see color reminded me of when our son was second grade. He had three girls in his class that were named Amanda. And Amanda did something in school one day that he came home to talk about. And when I asked him which Amanda, what's he talking about? Because it was a black one, a white one, and a Puerto Rican one. Wow. All three named Amanda in his class. I had to almost break down what jacket that I remembered this child wearing because he didn't see, he didn't look at them as black, white, or Puerto Rican. Mm -hmm. yeah. They were just Amanda. 
all three of them had long black hair. They were just Amanda. He didn't know their last names. They were just Amanda. And he didn't look at them as color. They were Amanda in his classroom. So I physically had to go to the school the next morning and see which Amanda had done this great thing that he was talking about. And I love that he didn't see them just as the black Amanda or the white Amanda or the Puerto Rican Amanda. It was just Amanda yeah. with the long black hair. Yeah. And I think it can be a, little, be a little confusing of, okay, don't see color, but see color. But mm -hmm. I think at least what I'm saying is appreciate my color. Don't discount right. it, but treat me like I'm a person. A person. Right? That's like, right. That's we're it. human. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there's a, I think the desire is like genuine interest in like what made you who you are right. and a large part of what made you who you are is being black. Yeah. That's not the only thing that's made you who you are. Right. And so color isn't the full picture, but it does have a lot to do with the people that we become. Mm -hmm. And we're, when we try to throw that out the window and discount that, then we lose a lot of who people are yeah. actually. Right. A lot of culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what you lose your culture. Yeah. Yeah. Can't lose that. We need that up in here, up in here. <laughs> all right, so moving on, um, I want to talk about stereotypes, right? We all know them. We see them. To be honest, I'm sure we all use them. Let's be honest, people. I love some fried chicken and some watermelon, okay? Mm -hmm. And I know that that is a stereotype put on African Americans all over the place. And I'm going to accept it because I love fried chicken and watermelon. Do y'all love fried chicken and watermelon? Yes. yes. Hallelujah. Absolutely. Hey, praise mm -hmm. him. Absolutely. So, <laughs> with that said, however... Stereotypes, while they can be funny and amusing, they can also bring division. And mm -hmm. so how, as a people, do we go about that? Do we, do we stop stereotypes? Do we stop stereotyping people? Or what, is that, what should that look like? Um, and this isn't like a right or wrong thing. This is definitely your opinion. But I want to hear what y'all have to say about that. Because personally, I think they're, they're sometimes just all fun and games. Like, I think it's so funny like when people are like, and this is sometimes it's not that funny, but like, I used to go to a predominantly white church. I was the only African-American um, on the staff for the youth group. I was one of the only African-Americans in the youth group at the time. And so one of the things that I was met with often from people who would come who were white were, so do you like fried chicken or do you like watermelon? And like at first I was like, ha, 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 yeah. But then I was like, wait a minute, like I'm so much more than that. And so I think I want to start a conversation about how that, what that looks like. Because I don't want to, say, well, some people can use them and some people can't because then that's not fair, right? But right. but how do we use or not use those in a way that honors people still? Well, most of the people at church, I feel like I'd be, I'm, I don't know how to say it really if I'm stereotyping them or if I'm being stereotyped because we do a lot of community groups. And a lot of times the community groups want to invite one another to their homes and they want to serve food. And I won't eat at your house if you have an animal that you keep in your house. <laughs> to me, that's yeah, that's just that, me, that my though. My mom is the same exact way. You know, yeah. and I don't mean no harm to the person that has their animal there that they keep in their home. So to keep from being stereotype or stereotyping, mm -hmm. I prefer to meet in a public place yeah. or at the church or somewhere so that I don't have to stereotype that person or sit there 
and be all nervous because I'm afraid your cat is going to jump up on me or yeah. I may get a glass. while you was cooking. Right. Or, <laughs> you know, it. a cat hair. <laughs> my bad. Sorry. Like, Sorry. Cat <laughs> hair on my glass or something, you know. I'm, that's just me. And I've, I've been stereotyped because of that. Yeah. You know, people say that, but I don't mean any harm, like I say, to the person that has the animal. I just don't want to love on your animal the way that you do. But see, we had a bad experience um, with animals and in someone's home. You know, we had a friend that was afraid of animals like Rhonda is, and the animal came out and it jumped in her lap and she had an aneurysm. And she was kind of off balance for the rest of her life. You know, I, to y'all seen Get Out the movie? Oh yeah, y'all seen the movie? Ooh, get yeah. Out mug. Yeah, that's a Get Out mug. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to put me out? No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. But you know, in the movie, there's the there's this yeah. sort of like satir- I, mean, I mean, the entire movie is like a satirical satirical like look at racism. Mm-hmm. But like, there's this scene on the back porch where it's like. The everybody's coming up to the to the black boyfriend like oh I really like Tiger Woods I voted for Barack Obama I like whatever whatever and it's all of these things where it's like you're trying to like relate to the black person right and I think the I think that there's a point at which like there's a there's a point where relating becomes patronizing so I think it's sort of like yes there are consistencies amongst black culture there's consistencies amongst uh, Hispanic and Asian culture, but like we don't all feel the same way. We don't all like the same thing. Yeah, you just talked about fried chicken and watermelon. Not every black person like fried chicken and watermelon. Bit, also, there are a lot of chicken. white people who like fried chicken and watermelon. Mm-hmm. And Love so, mm-hmm. I think to 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 put that just solely on black people um, becomes a damaging thing because it just becomes like I, I I don't know. And so I think there's there's something more to like getting to know what 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 a person really likes and who a person really is outside of just making the assumptions around like what major culture says that black people do and don't yeah because it's almost let's almost like belittling almost. yeah so like it oh is. i know you, oh because you're black oh yeah Tiger Woods. i don't like Tiger Woods. i don't look at golf at all i wish i would look at some golf first of all and then like moving on from that like like you said like i voted for Barack obama not every black person is democratic and so like there are so right. many stereotypes that box i feel like box us in at least and other people too not just us that box people in and it almost becomes belittling it's because it's like i'm a person that has so much more so many more experiences than just that i like these black cultural things Mm -hmm. like you know what i mean like i love art and theater and that's not a normal i guess you could say african-american thing to do right like you see the people that are pioneering that um and started pioneering that i don't think we're black i think we kind of had to bring ourselves up to that level Right. right and so like it's almost like okay, because you're black, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to speak to you about these few things because that's all you like. Yeah. But we like a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. I think the stereo the stereotype that um, I don't kind of take custom to is when I'm in a store and I'm walking in the store or whatever, and you got people that'll follow you. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the store that's a little too nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. How can I help you? Do you need anything? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like 12 and, and times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it don't matter how you're dressed, you know. And I, I think that's, you know, that's a little bit much, 
you know, yeah. why, why every, every aisle I go down, I turn and there you are, you know? So what, what do you want? You know? And I think uh, it, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go. But I also think it's important to realize that this is also not one sided. Like I know people of color that stereotype other people. Sure. Right? And, so, right. and I think one of the things that I've noticed is sometimes I think as black people, we don't necessarily always take responsibility for our part of racism very much and our mindset and our agendas that we're kind of pushing and oh because i know i have friends who i would say are almost racist and one might say well how can a black person be racist okay using the verbiage racist is not necessarily correct for example racism is when a majority group discriminates against a minority group however but a minority group can be prejudiced towards a majority group and that does happen and it happens often. And I think because of what's been happening in our world, it's become a lot more normal. And we're kind of encouraging each other because we feel the weight of oppression. But to come out of that, we can't do the same thing that other people are doing to us that are that's oppressing us, right? Right. And so I think we sh- I think it's important to remember that we're not on we're not like off the hook. Like we have a part sure we to do. play. I, I, I have a lot of friends that, you know, um white white friends that we go on retreats and things, you know, and there are a lot of pictures posted. And then I get comments from my friends saying things like, you don't be afraid. <laughs> you don't think they're going to do anything to you? No. You know, it was one at one time we was we was um, we were firing, shooting, you know, um, what they think they throw across the air, you know, pow, you shoot them. But anyway, skeet shoot. Yeah, that's it, babe. I was like, guns? No, <laughs> yeah, come on, yeah, come on, babe. <laughs> yeah, guns. Yeah, yeah. And, and they were like, you weren't afraid when they had those guns? I said, I had one too. You know? <laughs> right, yeah, right. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I'm like, no, man. I said, you know, to, to actually be honest, I said, some of them treat me a little better than y'all do. They you know do. what I mean? <laughs> they do but, but, you know. It's, it's, I think, I think we just, we need to get back to what Jesus wants us to do. Mm. I think he, you know, I think we, we all need to learn about him and his ways and his character. Because if we did, we wouldn't kind of feel the way we feel about a lot of things, you know what I'm saying? Um, because when I first got to Christ Community, which it was predominantly white, and like you said, we were the only ones in there that was uh, African American. You know, it was a couple of families there, but wasn't. But the first day that I came and I walked through those doors, I was greeted by um, a white man. And I couldn't rest in the service. I couldn't really pay attention because I knew he had to know me from somewhere the way he greeted me, mm-hmm. you know, I couldn't find no wrong. Yeah. You know, I was searching for it. Mm-hmm. You know how we do. Mm-hmm. I came in looking for it. I was looking for somebody to say something about Tiger Woods or something, you know, but it didn't happen, you know, and, and after service, I found him mm-hmm. and I said, Hey man, where you know me from? He said, he said, what do you mean? Nah, I'm like, well, we in the army together or anything like that. And he said, no, man, I just met you when you walked in the door. Mm-hmm. And it almost immediately changed everything I had in me. 
mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I said, yeah. Yeah, I um I I think there's a I think sometimes our our experiences kind of create the the opinions that we have and the feelings that we have and things like that and I think oftentimes like as a as a black person if you've had a negative experience sometimes that can shape the way that you feel like you want to approach white people moving forward yes um and i think a lot of and and i think it's really important for us to acknowledge that again we said it before but all of us do not feel the same way about everything right um and and sometimes people just process that like i've had certain experiences with white people so i just don't want to be around them and do i agree with that no but like you know, I got a, a friend of mine, a friend I went to college with. He was in grad school um, at this uh, at this school in, uh, I think he was in D.C. And one day he was, he was sitting outside waiting for a class to start. And the police come up. The police come up to him. And it turns out, like, one of his classmates had called the police because they, like, didn't think he was supposed to be there. And, like, this man is, like, he's, like, paying tuition to be at this school. And that, that type of thing happens to him. And he really struggled for a long time after that. And I mean, I think he's in a better place about it now, but I think there are, there are these types of experiences that happen. Patrick, you just talked about being followed around in the store. Mm-hmm. Sometimes right. people just ain't able to deal with that. Right. You know, and I like it's a hard place to kind of come back to being OK from from th- certain things like that. Like, but I, 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 yeah, so I think there's there's definitely a piece of things where it's like we definitely have the responsibility. But like when you face like real life oppression, like in your face, I've just realized it's really hard sometimes for you to like make a turn back and go, yeah, I'm really just ready to open myself back up for that to potentially happen again. You know? Um, and I just, there's a lot of us that really, really struggle with that. Yeah. I, I, like I said earlier, uh, most of our hurts or fears, they, they, they learn, they learn behavior Mm -hmm. or learn experience that, that we've gone through that, you know, because I can, I can, I can look back. Because you know, I came up in integration. You know, when when they started to bus us to the yeah. white schools, you know, I was first one, and and we were we were a basketball team, and we were traveling to Macon, and we stopped at this little store in Butler, Georgia, and we stopped at the store to get refreshments and stuff, and so all of us. Golf the buses with twelve of us, you know, normal size of a basketball team, and we were all black. We only had the white. The coach was white, but we were all black. And we got out and we trying to go to the bathrooms and stuff. And one of my one of my uh, teammates said, "He said, man, watch the door. I'm gonna go in this bathroom, which was the ladies' bathroom. You know, he said I'm gonna go in that bathroom. So so watch the door, so won't nobody come in. I'm like, okay, I got you." And the the white owner came out, man. He said, where did he go? And I'm like, he's in the bathroom. You know, he, he said, y'all so smart. But he called us a name, you know. He said, y'all so smart. Why y'all didn't see that sign right there? And the sign was colored. And it had red, green, blue lettering, you know. And then we had a, a player, one of our best players said, man, is anybody going in there? He said, if you're going to go to the bathroom, that's where you're going to go. He smiled, jumped up there, and snatched something down. You know, he, he used some harsh words. And and the the um, his wife, the owner of wife, 
she threw him a shotgun. After like they practiced it, she he caught it in motion, and he put it up under my friend's throat right there. These are high school students. Yeah, and he said, "Yeah, N word," and I'll blow your head off. Mm. Coach said, "Get on the bus. Get on the bus. Get on the bus." <laughs> you, you know, he was he was getting us on the bus. Yeah. You know, cause you 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 know we was already repressed from that. You know, we we had to deal with this every day mm. at school, and now we relaxed and we on our way to play a basketball game. And here it is. You know what I mean? It's just in the face. So it, it was it was it was it was kind of tough, you know. Yeah. And after then, that that's when that real don't like white people came into my heart. Mm. You know, we were kids. We were kids. Yeah. You know. So right now today, I don't go through Butler, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> and that sign may be still up over that building. Mm. Those letters wow. may still be up there in different colors like that. Because yeah. I've seen it since he and I have been together. And see, I think, I think sometimes the thing is, like, we think that some of the stuff like that mm-hmm. was, like, hundreds of years ago. No. But we're talking about, like, within... This lifetime, yeah. right? Within like like people that are like not that old living right now right. that experience some of this years stuff, ago. right? You know, right. and so to think about the effects of that, it's like we're we're not that far removed from something crazy like that, from yeah. a color time being over a bathroom. Mm-hmm. Like it's not that it's not that far off. Yeah, and I don't want to I don't want to forget that I don't, I don't want us to get too used to this because as quickly as it. As it came, it can quickly go away. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that it will. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, I don't want to forget that to get to this point, it took work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, it's going to continue to take work it's to get better. To. Yeah. And, I, and sure. I want us to remember the moments of that story you just told or the moments of when, to this day, one of us can go into a store and get followed around. Right. Or... Anything of that nature, like I don't, I don't want to forget that or, or put that on a on a back burner because those are the things that we have to bring to the light so that the light can overcome the darkness as it does. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But until until I found until I found Jesus in my heart, until He was placed in my heart, you know, I didn't know how to get past that. Mm. You know, but it took Him yeah. to get me past that. You know. Cause now you follow me around this store. I, I give you something to look at. I walk, <laughs> you know. I go all kind of different ways, you know. I pick you up stuff steps in. and look at it <laughs> and 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 make it seem like I'm going. I'm looking for a way to steal it, you know. It's just, it's just, just me, yeah. you know. And I, I and and then I just leave the store. Won't buy anything, mm. you know. But I'm better now. Much much better. That's good. Yeah, I am better. And I love that you said that it took Jesus. It did. Because I think that's what really anything is going to take. Mm -hmm. All things are possible. Yeah. Yeah. I I was kind of quiet for a second because I was looking up a verse in 1 Corinthians, and I just lost it. Here it is. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, 6 says, Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. And so I, that's one of the verses that I kind of go to when I'm talking about the subject of racism, because if we're saying that love doesn't delight in evil, I think racism, you can, you can take out the word evil and put racism, Mm -hmm. take out the word evil and put sin, take out the word evil and put 
idolatry, take out the evil. I mean, like, you know, and so on and so on. And so, but in this topic, racism, love doesn't delight in that. It it delights in the truth. It delights in justice, right? And so I think about how God is love. And like you said, it took Jesus to come into your heart to get you to a place where you were better. I think that's what took, that's what got us to this point. And that's what's going to get us even further. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just want to just remind us that it's possible. And for the believers out there who are listening, Love does not delight in evil. And I think we just have to remember that. Because even believers sometimes can be trapped by someone's parents' mindsets, someone's mm-hmm. grandparents' yeah. mindsets, uh, both black, white, everything. You know what yes, I mean? So it's much. important to remember God's character because that's what we're striving for. That's um, it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the whole the whole purpose of this is let's go back to what is it that we're striving for. Yeah. And I think it's to be more like Jesus. And Jesus is a unifier and a connector of people and that's exactly what we need to be yeah Mm -hmm. once you learn his character i mean learn it not just read it and okay learn his character it's kind of hard not to change yours Mm -hmm. it's not it's kind of hard not to at least want one of your steps to be in the light you know what i'm saying you can't read about him you can't learn about him and not change on the inside I just think that part is impossible for anybody that is seeking Jesus. You're going to find him. Yeah. Because love is from the inside mm -hmm. out. Yeah. Mm Got to get in the inside first, you know. Then it'll show. Most people, when they first meet me, they think that I'm mean. But I've had so many people say, Miss Rhonda, I always thought that you were so mean, but you, you're just the nicest person. I said, I might have been upset about something and had a frown on my face at that moment. But I'm really not. I, I'm outspoken, maybe. But, no. I like, be. I love people. Yeah. I really do. Because we're all different. And that's what makes it good. Because we just like Legos. We stick together once we learn about one another. You know, you want to be around that person. You want to, like, we got so excited about seeing you. We hadn't seen you in over a year. You know, we've texted a couple of times. But when you make a connection with the person and you learn them, you learn something about them, you have an experience with them, you can't help but just... Love you especially, JJ. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. Take mm-hmm. that. But, you know, and, and, and that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. We got to learn one another. Got we to. can't We can't go around thinking that this or that is the way that they work or operate. Mm-hmm. We got we to gotta learn what it really is, that means we got to spend some time with those people mm-hmm. or whoever it is. It don't matter. Whoever it is, you got to spend time with them to be able to understand them, you know, because if you're not around a person, then how are you going to know what they do or like? You got to have some kind of connection with them, you know? Yeah. That's why I said I like the family part about Martin Luther King because even as this is coming and approaching, you could see it in his children. You know, they, some of them followed him in doing the things that he or he has done in the past. They're still walking that. 
in doing that. And if he had not been there and encouraging them and impacted them in some type of way, they wouldn't have been interested in nothing like that now. They could have been working for Amazon. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. But they, they, because of, I think, the relationship, the family relationship is why they, they are still the way that they are today. Well, thank y'all so much for a great conversation. But um, I think there's one thing that I've taken away from listening to y'all. And I want to challenge our listeners to learn somebody mm. that's not like you. I, I challenge you to find someone that you either either do know a little bit about or a lot of bit about, but not really a lot of bit, or someone that you don't know who's different than you and to learn about them, mm-hmm. learn about their culture, learn about um, just them as a person in their life, their, their personal experiences, and um, reach out to us with, with what you find. Mm-hmm. You never know, you never know, one, how many things you have in common. Right. Yeah. But also how many things are different, but thank God they're different. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <clears throat> I, I like to say that we are more alike than we are different. Wow, that was so good. It was uh, incredible. So I good. loved that they were just very generous in their answers. Absolutely. And I'm so thankful that they were. Um, what was the thing that stuck out to you the most, Hannah? Mm, that's a hard question. I really think that what Cedric said about how when we say we don't see color, we're actually saying that we don't see an entire culture. Yeah. That was really impactful to me. Mm-hmm. And a thing I don't know that I've ever thought of before. For sure. I'm also really thankful that JJ said, if you've said that before, we're not judging you. Yeah. Because I so have said that before. Um and, it, and I think I, I have said it because of the very reason they said, like, we want to be inclusive and we don't, you know, growing up in the South, we want to be as far away from racism as possible. But we don't actually, I didn't actually know by saying that I was feeding into a racist rhetoric. And, and then when I was convicted about that a couple of years ago, I... Yeah, I don't want to discount an entire culture. Like, right. So, anyway, it was good. I'm thankful for Grace. I just love Miss Rhonda, too. Me, too. What a woman. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> um, I think the thing that impacted me the most was uh, Mr. Patrick's story. Mm. And knowing him as this awesome man of God who's like a big teddy bear, and mm. knowing that as a kid, um, like the age of the kids that I minister to and pour into on a daily basis, um, that he had something that traumatic happen to him just because he needed to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Like that. And that, and that, that didn't happen that long ago. I mean, that happened six years, six years before I was born. Hmm. And so, yeah, my word. So, again, the generosity of him sharing that story with us, um, it moved me. So Yeah. I think it was impactful to me, too, about how, like, it wasn't so long ago mm-hmm. that, like, it, I think I try to separate that. I have tried to separate the time in a mm-hmm. way, but, no, we still have work to do. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, 
We are going to move now into our moment of inspiration. And who's joining us? Pastor Derek Shields is joining us for our moment of inspiration. Awesome. And he is talking, he's going to continue the conversation about unity and diversity. I'm so excited. Let's hear it. Greetings. My name is Derek Shields, and I serve as the lead pastor at Christ Community Church here in Columbus, Georgia. It's an honor and a pleasure to just be with you today. I just want to talk briefly about a subject or a phrase, if you will, that you might be familiar with. It's a phrase called unity in diversity. Now, at Christ Community Church, we we say that unity and diversity happens because God unites us in the essentials and therefore we can celebrate diversity in the non-essentials. The way this looks is when we maintain a shared loyalty to Jesus Christ, to our mission and our core beliefs, and at the same time promote a diversity of spiritual gifts, racially, socially, spiritually. Now that all sounds good, but I do know that sometimes we have a hard time really seeing what that looks like in real life. And I would just like to point to Paul. Paul kind of fleshes it out, if you will, in his in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In verse 14, he says, even so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And then he goes on and he talks about the foot and the ear, you know, that one can't say that because I am not this, I don't belong in the body. The hand can't say because I'm not the ear, I can't belong in the body. And in verse 19, it says, if they are, were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Paul in this chapter, chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, really does a wonderful job of describing how we all are needed in order to make the body whole. And it's so important. You know, and that's scripture, and we can stand on that. But I do want to also share with you an illustration that recently I came across, and the more I think about it, I think it's something that we can really grab hold to, to really understand what this whole concept of unity and diversity is all about. I don't know about you, but I had a relative um, who really loved jigsaw puzzles. Jigsaw puzzles are when you see the puzzle in the box, the outside has a beautiful scene or picture, and it looks really great and most of them are even suitable for framing. But when you open a box and you pour all the pieces out on the table, especially some of the larger ones, you see these thousand pieces jigsaw puzzles. And then the goal is to take pieces and put them together. But I wanna tell you about the pieces. See, each piece is unique. You see, there are protrusions and indentations on each piece. And if you would, Imagine with me that the protrusions represents strengths. The indentations represents weaknesses. So in order to come up with one whole picture that is worth displaying, you have to match the strengths up with the weaknesses. Each piece has a shape all its own. Each piece has a color that is not represented in all the others. 
but it's only when you match them together, strengths and weaknesses, and you put them all in the right place, that you come up with something that is worth displaying. Imagine if we, different people from different backgrounds, different colors, different hues, if we all have one common goal in mind, and if we all bring our strengths and our weaknesses to the table and allow our Heavenly Father to put us together, can you imagine what can be done? Some of the things that we struggle with in our society, some of the things that we wish were better in our community, I just say to you that if we just remember this phrase of unity and diversity, and we submit ourselves to the one who created us all willingly, and we bring our strengths and our weaknesses to the table, nothing is impossible. Well, that's just a little short inspiration. I hope that you will take and use in your daily life. And it's been a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you so much, Pastor Derek, for that word. It was really meaningful to us about unity and diversity in the church. Yeah, my favorite was just that really simple illustration of a puzzle um, where the puzzle pieces don't make a whole lot of sense on their own, but when you put them together, it's worth displaying. And yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's powerful. That's the body of Christ. All right, so up next, we will hopefully have prayerfully have Eli and Safira back. So everybody wash your hands so these COVID numbers can go down, please, and thank you. And we'll also be talking about Impact 360's Propel. So if you don't know, Impact 360 has a summer camp, summer experience, right, Hannah? It's incredible. You've been, right? I have been. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's called Propel. So they have an immersion too. Yes. And that's a two-week summer experience but teen advisors um, gives 10 of our own scholarships to go every summer and so such a gift those uh, scholarships the scholarship applications will be up on the website very soon Um, so if you are at all interested you'll want to tune in for next week so you can hear all about it yeah all right I'm excited for it Until next time, this has been Teen Advisors, giving you the freedom to live real and really live.